Hey pals, this is Blaine Hill at the Lake Murray Presbyterian Church and with Simply Stated Podcast. Today is Thursday, Sept... No, today's Tuesday, September 9th, 2020. Here in the Lexington Richland 5 School District, it's also the first day back in school and our supplemental school has started as well. It's a big day here. I'm going to read from the prophet Jeremiah in the fourth chapter. We're going to take a couple of these devotionals and podcasts to take a peek at this. And hopefully we are also joining you on YouTube and on Facebook. I'm just checking, taking a second to confirm that. Here for you podcast listeners, if people online can see me, there it is. Sorry for the pause. This is the prophet Jeremiah. And I have to tell you, Jeremiah is known for being extremely stout. So consider yourself forewarned. In fact, I picked Jeremiah up. I've been listening to a lot of politics and reading as well. And I found that my head and my heart were a little cluttered up. And I I was looking for Jeremiah to blow away some of the debris. uh, Well, he's blown. Anyway, listen again in the fourth chapter to the prophet Jeremiah. If you return, O Israel, says the Lord, if you return to me, if you remove your abominations from my presence and do not waver, and if you swear as the Lord lives in truth, in justice, and in uprightness, then nation, then nations shall be blessed by him, and by him they shall boast. For thus says the Lord to the people of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts, O people of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, or else my wrath will go forth like fire and burn with no one to quench it because of the evil of your doings. This is the word of the Lord. Well, last week we looked at this passage and and identified what's the problem in Jeremiah's day, and it's the problem in some degree of every day. Their problem was idolatry. That's what he means by abominations. Idolatry is when we we do a swap route. We switch trusting in the Creator, and we trust in something that is created, whether created by God if we worship nature, or created by people. That's what idolatry is. Uh, And the second problem in the passage that Jeremiah is pointing at is people obey the letter of the law, uh, but not the heart of of God's law, of the Spirit, doing things uh, so they can justify them, but not not looking after their neighbors. And uh, this is a hard idea for today. Um, Jeremiah understands that people's sin, and particularly the nation of Judah's sin, is connected to their national disaster. That they are somehow connected together. That calamity and sin are connected. I don't think, we shouldn't think of this as cause and effect, though. This is not directly that sin directly causes calamity. It's not cause and effect. What do I mean by cause and effect in our Well, hand-washing leads to reduced infections. Good hygiene leads to reduced infections. 
apparently during the 1960s uh, in San Francisco. There were a lot of people living, rejecting all of the norms of society because they were the norms of society in all kinds of ways. And that include uh, not having private property. People would have everything in common, cups, dishes, sheets, their own bodies. And interestingly, terribly enough, a bunch of old diseases emerged. People threw away the sense of hygiene, just cleaning up. Um, and a bunch of really gross diseases reemerge because good hygiene leads to a reduction in infections. So uh, that's what cause and effect is. That is not what Jeremiah is talking about. I think we can think of it more as correlation. I'm not going to do a statistics lesson because I can't. But what does correlation mean? Well, there's some kind of connection. Jeremiah sees a connection between sin and calamity. Correlation. Let me talk a little bit about that. We can think about height and weight as being correlated. If you were to go to a school and looked at all the kids in one grade, generally the taller kids would weigh more than the shorter kids. Those things are correlated. There are some exceptions. Of course there are exceptions. There's that skinny kid who has grown two inches since this morning. And then the little apple dumpling who is waiting for a gross spurt. You know, the shorter kid might be heavier and the tall skinny kid lighter. But on the whole, the taller kids weigh more than the shorter kids. The two things are connected in some way as a group. Uh, And that's what I think statisticians call correlation. Well, I would suggest that Jeremiah is suggesting to us, no, Jeremiah is telling that the sin of his nation and its suffering, its calamity, its uh, difficulty are linked together. So the question is, does human sin correlate with human suffering and public disaster? That is a hard question even to ask. And and remember, not, not cause and effect. That's not what we're talking about here. Cause and effect, thinking of cause and effect Sin leads to calamity. That just leads to blame. Jesus makes this very clear in in the gospel according to Luke. Uh, This is the 13th chapter, if you have to want to look it up. 13th chapter. One bookmark. 13th chapter. There's some people come and they they come to Jesus and they tell about some Galileans. That's a place in in ancient Israel. Whose blood, these Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And so he asks them, Jesus asks them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No. There's our answer of cause and effect. No. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will perish as they did. So, So that's a hard message too, isn't it? Jesus... Some people following him say, hey, isn't it the case that these people were bad and so they suffered? Or probably what they thought is they were suffering in a terrible way, so we know that they must be sinful. And Jesus says, no. And then he begins to talk to them, the people who want to blame. And he calls them repent. And repent just means turn to God as Father, to turn their way of life, to turn their way of thinking. So we, we need to reject a cause and effect understanding of the connection between sin 
and difficulty in life. But there's that connection, that correlation. You can't draw a line right from one to the other and say it's always true, but there's some link. What's the link? Jeremiah seems to suggest to us that the connection is the Lord himself. That is a hard idea. That it is the living God who links up struggle and sin. The Apostle Paul captures this in a a sharp way when he writes to the church in Rome. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. Suppress the truth. We're going to come back to that. But that is a hard idea. Could suppressing the truth connect with calamity? Does suppressing justice and accepting crookedness, that's the opposite of being upright, Do they connect or do they correlate to suffering and public calamity? Remember, I don't mean direct cause and effect, that people who sin deserve their suffering. That's not what I mean at all. Jesus rejects that. No. But there is some not understood connection between truth and justice and uprightness and a healthy and whole society. Those things are connected. That's what the prophet Jeremiah tells us. Those things are linked together. Jeremiah insists pretty clearly that the Lord connects the crook, a crooked people and calamity. It's a distressing idea. It's challenging. And look, I've spent the morning, more than the morning really, in the last week thinking about this. I have tried to wiggle out of it. But Jeremiah connects them because he sees that the Lord connects them. Well, what are we to do about this? How are we to respond to this? Well, I think we might reflect. And I'm going to talk about this in upcoming devotionals more. We, do we have some idolatry in our life? I mean, it's unlikely to be a little statue where we burn incense. But do we have some idolatry in our life, a, a place where we trust in something that is created, made, manufactured, put together, instead of trusting in the living God who created us. Instead, we need to reflect on that and see where that abomination might be. Ooh, there's a saucy word. But that's what Jeremiah calls it. And we also should reflect and, and, and ask ourselves, ask myself, is there some place where I'm keeping the rules and telling myself, well, that means I'm fine. But I'm not pursuing the heart of God. Where I can, I can justify my actions. But I'm not really pursuing what God wants in the world. Well, we, we can say, well, who knows what God wants in the world? Well, Jeremiah knows and he tells us very directly. Truth, justice, and uprightness. Names three particular values, virtues that God wants his people to pursue, to live by. That's what we're going to look at in the coming devotionals. What is truth? What is justice? What is uprightness? As Jeremiah defines it. How do we know truth and justice and uprightness as we, in, as we look at the person of Jesus in his life, death, and resurrection? 
So Jeremiah has a hard word to hear, but one worth hearing. And to leave you today, I thought I would remind you, to looking, I was looking at the word truth in a, a well-known verse from Jesus. Jesus said to him, he's talking to Thomas. Is that fine? Yes, talking to Thomas, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I am the way and the truth and the life. We are to seek justice, truth, and uprightness. We are to put aside idolatry and law, rule following without the heart of the law. So, I invite you to have the faithful courage to trust in Jeremiah's word. And we'll look at what is truth and justice and uprightness. Well, a couple things, just an update on the life of the church. We are continuing to worship at 8.30 at the lake for the rest of September. That's our plan. And 10.30 here in the sanctuary. Also, ask you to be in prayer. I mentioned the starting of our supplemental school. That ministry started today, and I hope that you uh, will hold that in your prayers. Um, I'm not sure if it's full or not, so I don't know if I can invite you to have a child participate, but you can call the church office and find out if you're in need of that. Another thing I want to ask you to do, however you're watching this, particularly if you're on Facebook, or on YouTube, or if you listen to the podcast, would you share this devotional with someone else? Hopefully that, because that will be a blessing to them. But I have to tell you, it's also a way uh, to help build up this electronic ministry. If you will use the Facebook share function, just share it to your timeline. Or if you're on YouTube or podcast, there's someone, just your spouse, anyone, share this with someone else. It really is a help to this ministry, and uh, we appreciate you doing it doing that if you're able to. Why don't we pray together and then we'll go about whatever God has for us this day. Heavenly Father, we do ask that we would have the faith to trust in you, even so much to be able to look and see where we are trusting in something made rather than you, our creator. And we pray that we would seek the heart of the law. And God, that you would reveal to us what is truth, what is true, and what is just, and what is upright. And then fill us with strength to pursue those things. We do pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Goodbye, and I hope to see you soon, one way or another. God bless.